Welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. I'm your host, Brady Murray. And I'm your co-host, Andrea Murray. Our podcast will feature inspiring guests within the special abilities community. Together, we will be sharing how families and communities are rising up and seeing the miracle of individuals with special abilities. That's something to be proud of. That's a life you can hang your hat on. All right, welcome to our podcast. How are you doing tonight, honey? So good. So excited to be here. Thanks for joining us. Good. It'll be just Andrea and I tonight. Excited to share about some experiences that we've had in the recent past. And so we're trying to decide, I think it was about seven years ago, it might be closer to eight years ago, over the years with Rod's Heroes, our nonprofit, we select orphans that we want to raise funding for. And in most cases, once we raise enough funding for an adoption grant, that child gets a family. And so we've seen that play out uh, 64 times now over the last 10 years. Yeah, it's been amazing. Yes, and there is one uh, situation, though, that it has not played out as well as we would hope. And that's with a little boy by the name of Vaughn, and he is in Columbia. You want to share a little bit about Vaughn? Sure. So like Brady was saying, Vaughn became one of our, our focus orphans. Um, about seven or eight years ago. And um, we just had this super cute picture of him that I still remember. He was wearing a little white button-up shirt. Just a cute little boy with dark hair and dark eyes. And Looked like he had like some cowboy pants on and yeah, some, maybe wearing some cute. cowboy boots. It was kind of cute. Mm-hmm. And he, anyway, he was on our website and we fundraised for him. And he has had a grant for the last seven or eight years. And it's just been weighing heavily on our hearts that he is still on our website and he has not had a family commit to him for one reason or another, which we're not sure the reason. So we have just been really pushing lately to try and find a family for him. One of uh, the things that has been a a positive success is our uh, director of marketing, Alan Lawrence, was actually able to find a short video clip about Vaughn. An updated one. Yeah, an updated video clip of Vaughn, and he posted that on our Rod's Heroes social media channel. In fact, it was on our Instagram page, and that was our most successful Instagram post that we've ever had in the history of Rod's Heroes on Instagram. And so people were seeing his story, and people are, are starting to pay attention, but still, we have not had a family commit to adopt him. We've had probably close to 20 inquiries in the last couple of weeks, but still have not had that family come forward. No commitment yet. So we're really hoping that if we do a podcast about it, maybe that will be the final push to help find his family. Vaughn is in Colombia, which um, is a little bit trickier of a country to adopt from, I would say, just because you have to spend a little more time there. Most of the children, as far as we can tell, end up in foster care is what we've heard. Simply to adopt in Colombia, you would be looking at about a month in country. I would say four to six weeks. And so traditionally, like for example, when we adopted from China, we were in country for two weeks. And so in Colombia, they do require you to make one trip. You don't have to make multiple trips, so that's a positive. But they would require you to be in country for typically four to six weeks, which is which is a, a, a long, long time. time. We recognize right. that for a family. Um, they would ask that both parents come down during that time, but one parent can go back. And I'm guessing you just do rock, paper, scissors to decide which parent that is. Maybe the Spanish-speaking one. <laughs> That's probably a good good call. Okay, so the update. Um, we had the coolest experience just recently. So 
we have made contact. We were introduced to Madison Adoptions, which is specializes in Columbia. That's one of the, the programs that they specialize in. And so um, Alan actually reached out to Madison and we spoke to a wonderful lady by the name of Misty there. And we talked to her about Columbia and we've just felt drawn to Columbia as an organization. And a large part of that is because of Vaughn. And she said, hey, I've got an amazing contact in Columbia that I want to be able to introduce you to. And she speaks good English. She lives down there though. And, and she's very much in contact with the adoption consulate for the National Adoption Consulate. She's the in for adoptions in Columbia. So we were able to get a Zoom call with her. And so it was so fun to be able to talk to her. And we actually talked about an idea that we are trying to arrange right now. We talked to her about the possibility of taking a team down to Columbia and actually being able to do a video about each orphan. And so we'll be able to interview and just tell the story of each of the orphans down there that have Down syndrome. And she loved that idea. And so, in fact, she went to work on that and she contacted the adoption consulate for Columbia. And they said, this is such a wonderful idea. Not only will we support you in doing this, but we'll actually arrange to have the orphans come from the surrounding areas. We'll arrange for them and their foster family to bring them to Bogota so that you can have them all there and be able to do these videos. And it was just super exciting to be able to hear that that's coming together and, and we're excited to share more details as those come about. So one of the unique things that I learned in that uh, conversation with our contact in Colombia is that Unlike many other countries in, let's say, a developing country, they actually operate in a foster care system. So similar to here in the United States, that when a child uh, is in a scenario where they don't have a family, normally in a developing country, they'd go to an orphanage or an institution. In Colombia, they go to a family to adopt or to uh, take care of them. And so when I heard that, I'm like, this is great. This is positive. And unfortunately, she went on to say, well, actually, it's the special needs children that go to foster care and the typical children go to an orphanage. And she said, I know it sounds good, but it's actually not. She said, all of the circumstances that we see of like abuse, um, of them being treated poorly and just the big ch challenges that we have, she said 95% of them come from the foster care situation. She said it's a bit of a challenge because only one person in the family needs to be approved, needs to be eligible to be able to do foster care, and they don't interview the other members of the family. So whether that's a father or grandparents that are living there or you know, adult children, etc., they're not part of that interview process. So she said that it's an, an unfortunate situation, but it's far superior for children to be in an orphanage in Colombia than in the foster care system because people use it more as a job than as a, a way to care. Yeah, so it, we are excited to have the opportunity to go down there hopefully and be able to find these children and hopefully connect them with families. So anyone out there who has a love in their heart for South America for these beautiful little children, we would love to have you check it out. And if you have questions or anything, we would love to have you reach out so that we can try our best to answer those. And hopefully soon we'll be coming forward with a lot more information about these children and their lives and their circumstances and 
just um, be able to help connect them with families that will love them and take care of them. Yeah. And so it's actually been a lot of fun to be able to try and raise awareness for Vaughn in particular over these last couple of weeks. And we've had some fun things that have transpired that we, we can have. share with you. Brady, Brady got really excited about this last week and just spur of the moment decided to do this challenge to try and just drum up a little action for Vaughn and to continue, you know, pushing his cause forward. Brady, why don't you tell him about the challenge you decided to do? Yeah. So, um, there's a, uh, there's a, a challenge that's fairly popular right now, um, put out there by David Goggins that I had heard about that is called the four by four by 48 challenge. And what that entails is that the participant would <clears throat> commit to running four miles and, uh, four miles every four hours for a 48 hour period of time. And so as I thought about this, I thought, you know, it was actually the day of, I thought, you know what, World Down Syndrome Day is coming right up. It's only in a couple of days and we've got our Rods 5K coming on Saturday to where I could actually do the 5K as kind of the tail end of this challenge. And I thought, let's just go for it. And so on Thursday of last week at 8 p.m., I started and I ran four miles and then I came home and I jumped in the shower and I, I tried to go to sleep for a couple hours and I did and woke up at midnight and then ran another four hours. Four miles. <laughs> or four, yeah, not four hours, uh, four miles. And then uh, got a couple hours of sleep, got up at 4 a.m. And, and did that again. And I just kept doing that for every four hours for 48 hours. So I started on Thursday night and I ended on Saturday at 4 p.m. with the last 48 mile, or when I ran the 48th mile. And so what's unique about this is I actually want to, to share, over the years I've done various endurance events and I observe on this, it's, it's definitely hard and that was a hard challenge, but I observe that oftentimes it's harder for, I believe, Andrea and the kids for me to do that. And so maybe you can share a little bit about sure. the sacrifice that you're in. <laughs> well, um, it was, it would probably, Brady went out there and ran and was having a good time running and getting up and doing this. And he was getting a little tired from running, but I was probably the most grumpy one <laughs> because <laughs> I was getting tired of him waking up and, you know, I could hear him every time he got up to go out. <laughs> And it was a little bit hard because it was just busy. It takes a lot of his time and we had a busy weekend and we had things going on with our, our children and just running them around and getting them to their weekend activities. And so, and then we had to get up really early Saturday morning while Brady was already up early doing his run. <laughs> and then we just pretty much stayed up from four o'clock AM until you know, later that, that afternoon, because we had to go up to Cache Valley for the 5k. It's so about it was a two a, hour drive. Yeah. It's not super long, like but we had to get all the kids in the car by six, which was a little bit of a challenge and get everybody up there. And so, yeah, by the time we got home Saturday evening, I was really grumpy and Brady, you know, was feeling pretty awesome because he just was completing this challenge. And so, <laughs> So, um, you know, he got done and he's like, that was great. That was awesome. Let's talk about it. And I was like, no, let's be done. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, from this experience, as Andrea and I were talking about this, she shared something that um, I don't believe I've ever heard before. And I think this is an important story that we should share right now. I'll set the, I'll set the stage for this. Andrea, when she, well, in fact, 
you're going to do a better job. Share the story about when you were 12, what transpired with adoption and your thoughts about that and how it connects to doing these challenges. So yeah, when I was around like 12 or 13 years old in Young Women's, um, we had an activity where a woman came and spoke to us about her recent opportunity that she had to go and adopt. And I I believe she adopted two sons and she... Did she adopt three? Okay, so um, at this time, though, she may have only had adopted two because she had just gotten back. And anyway, she had went, had this incredible experience where she was in, I don't even remember the specific country, but she was somewhere in one of the European countries adopting these boys and had got stuck there. And so while she was in country stuck there for some reason with their paperwork or something, she just had the opportunity to serve in the orphanage. So that's what she did every day because she was just in this country waiting to be able to adopt her sons. So she would just go into the orphanage every day and she would help feed them and play with the kids and just make contact with the kids. And so she just talked about that and she shared that experience with us and just shared what the children's lives were like and how she felt being able to just go and just like give them human contact that they really needed. And it was very, very impactful. Like I went home and I wrote about it in my journal. And I remember that night I was like crying because it was the first time that I had realized that there were even orphanages. Like I had heard about them. I had watched Annie, but I didn't realize that that was actually the way that some children lived. And it was so different from the way that I lived that I just couldn't believe, you know, that contrast. And I was so sad for these kids and just remember like crying for them and thinking like, I have all these things, like our, our home has like this library full of books and our home has these warm beds that we come get into every night. And I have a mom and dad that love me. And I was just so sad for these kids that didn't have all of that. And so it was really impactful and something that, you know, I've always remembered my entire life. And then fast forward like a couple years down the road, one time my great grandfather gave me some money and I don't remember great grandpa Casper. Yeah, I don't remember the specific amount. It wasn't a ton, but you know, to a young girl it seemed like quite a bit. And he asked what I was going to do with it. And I remember telling him, oh, I'm going to start an orphanage in South America. And I remember he kind of looked at me and smiled, but he didn't laugh. And he was like, okay, you know, and just kind of thinking about it, I guess. And I don't remember the rest of our conversation really, but I just remember like telling him that and he was like, all right. And so, so that was when you were like 15, that was probably when I was like 14 or 15. I don't know. So I just kind of like always remembered that. And then one thing um, I would add to that is when Andrea and I were married in 2002, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year, we bought a life insurance policy. Each of us purchased a life insurance policy when we were first married and we didn't have children at the time. And so we had each other as the beneficiaries and we started talking and, and I said, well, what would you do with this money if I died? And she told me, she said, I would go start an orphanage. And she was dead serious about that. And this was before we had kids. So, you know, I felt like I could go do that. <laughs> <laughs> she was dead serious about that. And so looking back at how impactful that was as a 12 or 13 year old, that still stood with her. And I would say that that experience from, um, I reference Adam, it was one of my best friend's moms that, that did this, mom and dad that did this. And I didn't meet Adam until... 10 years after this experience that Andrea had, but Adam is, is definitely one of my best friends 
of all time and just to see that connection there. But the reason why we share this story right now is for this experience in referencing Um, challenges. Yes. So because I was grumpy and upset about it and I was telling Brady, like, it's hard for me when you do these things because you go like do the fun thing. And like, I would kind of rather be the one out there running than be the one. Side note, (laughs) getting up at midnight, getting up at 4am out of bed outside in the cold is not fun. It's kind of fun (laughs) after, but like, Believe me, I'm not like smiling when I go and do that. <laughs> but anyway, I was, yeah, so I was kind of complaining about it to Brady. But then I told him, you know, it was like this when you did, when you trained for the Ironman back in 2012. And um, I said, you know, it was really hard because you would get up so early and we had these three little kids that would wake up because they would wake, they would wake up at like 3.30 in the morning because Brady would be up getting his bike out of the garage and lifting the garage door and, you know, they would hear the garage door go up and they would wake up and they would just be up. And I was like, hey, we need to go back to bed, you know, but you can't get toddlers to go back to bed once they are fully awake. And so it was always just kind of chaotic and crazy on those mornings. And so I remember I shared with Brady, like I had one morning like that, that was just crazy. And the boys were up and running around and Nash and Ridge were. And I was like, this is just dumb because this is not even like helping, like having Brady do an Ironman is not getting kids adopted. And so like, why are we doing this? And I remember just being really grumpy about it. And when I went to say my morning prayers, I was praying and I was just telling God, I'm like, this is, this is dumb. And I don't know if we should keep doing it. And I don't really like this because it's hard and it's not, it doesn't feel like we're helping. And when I when I was having those or saying that and having this, this conversation in my mind with Heavenly Father, um, I just heard my grandpa's Casper telling me, you know what, like, this is your way that you can start an orphanage. Like you might not be moving to South America, but like you can, you can make this sacrifice for these kids because it will help them. And so that's been something that like when Brady has done these events and trained for him, like I've tried not to complain and I've tried to um, just like be cheerful about it. And I'm, I don't always do a good job of it, but I try to like support him in this because if it does bring even like one kid home, which we've seen it's brought quite a few kids home just from different efforts, but um, it's worth it. It's like so worth it for them to be able to have families that love them and be able to be taken out of those orphanage situations and come into a home. Well, I'm so glad you shared that. And I, um, I recognize that sacrifice and I see that and I'm extremely thankful, um, to have such a supportive spouse that allows me to do some of these hard things and, and to try and help these children. And it is a tremendous sacrifice. And there's these crazy things like doing an Ironman or a four by four by 48 challenge, but there's also other times when it's like in the evening, I'll get home from work and I've got two or three hours of, you know, nonprofit work to be able to try and catch up on and, and get this cause going and do different calls. And Andrea always has been so supportive to allow us to be able to do that. And she gets super involved in it as well at times. But I recognize that sacrifice. And I'm thankful for that. Thank you. Very good. So I know we have a, we have a little boy at, uh, <laughs> at baseball practice that Andrew needs to go grab. But thanks for joining. We're so excited to share more of these experiences with you. Just a reminder, we do these podcasts and publish them every Tuesdays. So you'll have a brand new podcast every Tuesday. 
as well. We have some amazing things transpiring on our Rods Hero Instagram page as well as our Rise Up Heroes Instagram page. We encourage you to follow us there and we'd love to hear from you as well. So thanks for tuning in. Have a great night. Let me tell you right now.